Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Five international games with the Jaguars playing twice. How long until there's a European expansion division? It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the biggest adversary of the NFL Black Friday game. I want to be focused on Nebraska-Iowa and not the Dolphins-Jets. And joining me as always is AJ, Aaron Rodgers lied his way out of Green Bay, Marchese. Mm, just, just follow the tweets, Rob. I, I can't wait for all the primetime Jets games this year. Ugh. I'm afraid. I haven't looked at the schedule yet, but I'm afraid to see it. Today, we'll be breaking down the NFC North's 2023 NFL draft classes. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out. To Casey, maybe looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And, and that's, that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Rising Tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Uh, the NFL schedule has been released. There's a lot of Raiders prime time. There's a lot of NFC North prime time. <laughs> I think Commissioner Goodell got it right this year. When round doesn't of, he? When doesn't he, Rob? Round of applause. That man works round the clock to come up with the schedule on his own. How many primetime games did the Jets got? And did they learn nothing from the Broncos last year? Probably all of them. That was so I bet awful. The, I, bet, I bet the Broncos still have a lot, too. <laughs> Sean Payton's in town, Rob. It's exciting. It is exciting. Him and Russ were at the Nuggets game the other night. Everything, oh. uh, everything's going well. Perfect. I never saw Hackett and, and Russ at a Nuggets game That's before. what I'm saying. Or even an Avs. They could have went to a lot of Avs games last year, won the Cup. I don't know if you know that, but nope. Nope. Sad. Uh, let's see. How many primetime games do the New York Jets have? One, two, three, four, five, Ugh. six. What? Oh, man. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. 
awful. Can't wait. Um, but we're not here to talk about the Jets. We're here to talk about Aaron Rodgers' former division. That is maybe up for grabs. The NFL's really tied themselves to the Vikings and the Lions and kind of the Packers, not the Bears. Um, but we're going to start with the Bears as we break down the NFC North draft classes. Uh, okay, so, I mean, Chicago got busy in a hurry by trading out of the first overall pick, trading down to nine with the Panthers. Draft day, they flip back a pick. Swap with the Eagles, move to 10, take Tennessee right tackle, Darnell Wright. I'm just going to get offended by that, Rob. Prepare to get your DMs. Um, Probably. The trade down from 1 to 9 feels like it's so long ago that I almost forgot. And it was a good trade. Yeah, Chicago it was. Did, Chicago did a good job getting DJ Moore in there. Um, I mean, they get a legitimate go-to receiver and because of that they didn't need to spend draft capital on one when it's not a it wasn't a great wide receiver draft so i feel like huge like that that doesn't impact their draft grade necessarily but no huge win off the bat um for uh ryan poles and co um and then the trade from nine to ten i i i get it they they weren't sold on Jalen Carter. I, I think it's hard. It, it might be hard to stomach that in a couple of years when you look back at this. Yeah. And if Jalen Carter lives up to his potential in Philadelphia, um, especially because interior defensive line was a massive need, and that's reflected, <laughs> by the way, the, the yeah. Bears still attack this draft. But, I mean, and, and whether you think Darnell Wright was a reach or not, and I do, um, I didn't necessarily think he would go – before both mm-hmm. Roderick Jones and Pierce Skaronski, after Paris Johnson, second tackle off the board, it fills the need. Like he is a truly a right tackle, and they had a hole at right tackle. Braxton Jones played unbelievably well for fifth round rookie last year on the left side, and Darnell Wright's a good scheme fit. Like he's a tone setting mauler in the run game, um, who I think is going to jive well in in what Luke Getty and, and, and Justin Fields are going to put together on offense this year. Yeah, I like I like Darnell Wright the player. I, I think it was a slight reach. Like I had him 18, yes. this is 10. It's that's okay, not Okay, I had him 31. I yeah, think. I was higher on him than you were. But I mean, we kind of heard rumblings he was going to go, you know, mid-teens and then he goes 10. Um so uh, I taking him t- at 10 when I have him 18 is not not too bad, but I totally agree. Taking him over Broderick Jones and Peter Skaronski Feels like a bit more of a, of a tough pill to swallow, and then obviously you throw in the Jalen Carter factor too. It's... Simply, simply comparing him to Skronsky and Jones too, I think Broderick Jones has a higher upside. Pierce Skronsky has the higher floor. Yeah, Dar- Darnell writes a bit like he's not technically sound. He he gets away with a lot of stuff because he's so he's explosive. He's aggressive. Um, he's large. And he's large. Yeah. Like he'll get like he is very violent with his hands and it, it can get the best of him too sometimes where he, he's mistiming punches, um, and his footwork's not the greatest and he, he has a bit of an upright stance but mm. he got away with a lot at Tennessee in that Tennessee offense with those vertical sets so I'm interested to see how it, it, it's going to work in Chicago but at the same time for him to reach his full potential he's landed in a great team. Uh, situation for that where they're going to run the hell out of the ball they're just going to want him to maul set the tone. Um, 
I think he does complement Braxton Jones quite well. Where yeah. Braxton Jones is this really athletic, smooth moving left tackle. Yeah. yeah. No, I do too. Like I don't think they're gonna. I don't think five years from now they're gonna look back at the right selection and be like, "Wow, we completely whiffed on that one." I think Wright's gonna become but, a solid starting right tackle. Right. Like, I guess it'll just be if what could have been. And it's hard. Yeah, and it's hard because would Jalen Carter reach his full potential in Chicago? Like, just. Yeah. Given the infrastructure of Philly, it, it makes it mu- like he's a much safer pick for them versus for Ryan Poles in Chicago. Yeah, uh, for, but for, for the, the players, t- it's a great landing spot for both, right? Yes, and at the same time, it's like the Bears did a good job. They invested in Justin Fields by going and getting him a receiver in DJ Moore, spending this pick on who they think's a premier tackle to plug in at right tackle. Yeah, like they've upgraded the protection, they've upgraded the pass catching core. And because of that, they used their three-day three picks on defense where this team was is desperate all over the place, right? And so in the second round, they, they started off by, by taking Florida defensive tackle Gravon Dexter, who, another big guy from the SEC, former both Wright and him were big, I yeah. think both five-star recruits. Yeah. Um, Dexter didn't totally put it all together at Florida, but we've talked about it before. When he was on, he looked like a first-round level player. Yeah, he did. And, um, I mean, if you want to just tie this with the pick-in selection, too, because they did it in, in, in the span of 11 picks. Um, really interesting to see how they attacked that spot. And, again, they could have stayed at nine and taken Jalen Carter, but uh, decided to get Dexter and Pickens, both SEC guys. Both, both uh, Pickens, another guy who's a former five-star. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how they – like, do you think Dexter's more of just, like, going to be that one tech and Pickens going to like three? Because I think that – go ahead, yeah. That's what I, I think is going to happen. I yeah. think I, ideally, like, and again, Poles comes from Kansas City where they got so much out of Chris Jones, another yeah. SEC big time recruit. Um, yep. And they got him in the second round. Um, that was your call. So like, yeah, of course. And pe- Pickens. <laughs> um, with Dexter, he's a guy who, when he's really on, he does look like that disruptive three mm-hmm. tech. But he, he also, with that size and that length, and he's a strong player at the point of attack you you saw him he he's very good at two gapping yeah he's very good at taking on blocks and absorbing space and like that like in that role i don't think like he's going to reach his peak necessarily but i think that's a safer role for him and by doubling down with zach pickens who's a, a lot smaller he's a little bit undersized he's like sub two or sub 300 um but very very explosive first mm-hmm. step really good wiggle too he's more of that three tech penetrating penetrator like i think they complement each other well there but like this team also has a safe player in justin jones yeah um and and i feel like there's just gonna be a bit of a rotation here and i'm excited to see yeah how they pair because this defensive line room's so bad like they're both going to play yeah i mean I feel like it's a tough spot to pair rookies together, like on the field at once, right? Like you can get exposed it's, there, but it's it's funny they did it at corner, they did defensive back last year, right? They like, did, yeah. They were they were playing the, their first two picks last year: Jaquan Brisker at safety, Kyler Gordon at corner. Both yeah. of them were starters, basically right off the bat. Um, and, and it's just interesting that the and, and remember Josh Blackwell was playing a lot too. That's undrafted rookie. Yeah. They're just very willing, it seems, to double down on positions of need and to play rookies, which makes them an interesting team at the very mm-hmm. least. Yeah, and they'll take their lumps there. I mean, as they did in the secondary, and you know, obviously Kyler Gordon was um, really up and down. But 
Yeah, I mean, hey, if you want to just transition, obviously they got Tyreek Stevenson at 56, also in the second round of Miami. Yeah, so they go, they go SEC right tackle, Darnell Wright, SEC defensive tackle, Gervon Dexter, former SEC yeah. corner, Tyreek Stevens, Georgia transfer, SEC defensive tackle, Zach Pickens. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stevenson's interesting in that, in, in I think just speaking on Pickens and Dexter, I think they maybe... I, I had Dexter in this range, but I was still surprised maybe to see him go quite that early. Yeah. And and same with Pickens. I had him more in the 80s, I think. Um, but I think both of them were forced up the board because of the lack of interior Definitely. defensive line depth. Yeah. Whereas with Stevenson going this early, it was I, I think I had him late 60s maybe. Yeah, I had him 65. I was a little, yeah, I was a little more surprised to see him go early, simply because there was so much corner depth. Um, but at the same time, he's a six foot, two hundred and fourteen pound corner mm-hmm. who ran four four five. Um, he's like super explosive, super physical when he wants to be, and I think that is what enticed the Bears with him is getting like Kyler Gordon's this really smooth, athletic corner uh, whose physicality is kind of up and down where Stevenson at his best is just manhandling guys at the line of scrimmage as a press man corner. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Gordon's moving into nickel? Like, is that the plan there? I don't know. Cause you, you look at this secondary and Jalen Johnson is they're They're, they're steady Eddie. Yeah. And so it's not like he's going to kick inside. No. Uh, but Stevenson at Georgia played nickel. Yeah. Um, right. Bef- and he transferred to Miami because he wanted to play on the outside. So I don't know which one of them is going to be playing nickel, but I do think it makes sense for, like, your secondary so bad. Why not play them all? <laughs> yeah. Like, you did it last year, basically. You're starting You're starting Josh Blackwell's undrafted rookie and Kyler Gordon, Angel Kwan Brisker, mm-hmm. and, and Elijah Hicks got a start or two in there as a, as a seventh-round rookie. Like, they're playing all their rookies, so... And I'll say in defense of where they took Stevenson, like they're a bit of they're in a bit of a, like a corner desert in the draft. Like I know Turner went four picks later, but like that's what makes me think they see like they think Stevenson's more of just a pure outside guy, um, or they just you know they, they were more of a fan. But after that, like you know Riley Moss went eighty three, and then there was like, yeah. there was no one else until uh, Blackman at one hundred two. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean like Cam Smith went fifty one, like mm-hmm. five picks ahead of this, yeah. right? Like, so like I think I I wouldn't. Maybe we're a little bit surprised, but I don't think I would like. Oh, I'm not even saying it's oh, a reach. I, I was just a little bit. I, I yeah. thought he might be one of the. If we we're talking about corners who would slide, I thought maybe it could be him. Yeah, I think just the way it fell, there's a lot less between where Stevenson went and pick 100 than I think we ex- expected, right? Yeah, I think you kind of had that <laughs> that that next run at, in the fourth round yeah. with Corey Bennett, Keely Ringo, uh, guys uh, that we Clark thought Phillips. Yeah, guys that I think well, a couple of those guys we thought were top 100 dudes for sure. And, yeah. you know, guys, I thought Bennett could have slipped into the top 100 easily. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting how they just they attack the defense on day two. And I mean, I think I think I think Dexter and Pickens, both smart picks. It's going to be smart. It's going to be interesting to see how they work out, like we talked about. And Stevenson, it's just going to it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the secondary with all those dudes. I, I think I think the idea is Johnson and Stevenson on the outside and Gordon transitioning to the nickel, which. He's got he's got the chops, I guess, but like I don't know, it's it's kind of I don't know. I can I can I think that either works really well or blows up in their face because he was so so inconsistent last year. Yeah, I I think I think the better move is to play him inside. Yeah, I think so too. 
Um, and then in the fourth round, they kind of slam dunked this mm-hmm. fourth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it felt like they just took the two best players on the board, but like both filled needs. Um, and, and it started with Texas running back Roshan Johnson, who's kind of like the crown jewel of the day three running backs this year. Yeah. Um, the guy who everyone's like, this guy's going to be even better in the pros than he was in college because he spent most of his college career backing up Bijan. The, the guy who has all the football character in the world, great pass protector, willing run blocker, good contact balance and vision combo, catch the football consistently. Joins a team where the running back room's a little bit open. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously Khalil Herbert, who's been the big playback for them the last two years. They signed Dante Foreman to a one-year deal. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all gets split up. Signed Travis Homer, too. And the, Tristan Ebner, yeah, they drafted him last year in the sixth round. I, I forgot about that. I think um, I think when it, when push comes to shove, I think Roshan will kind of just be in a mix there with Herbert. Um, and I think that's yeah. a, that's a hell of a pick here. You know, it's it, it's interesting just because like some people are very high on Deontay Foreman. I know he ran for nine hundred yeah. so yards last year. There's always I'm been a those little weird Deontay skeptical Foreman there. Stands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Roshan and, and Khalil Herbert are a good mix. Where Roshan mm-hmm. can be the more David Montgomery style back, kind of picking up the heavy yards, and, and Khalil Herbert provides a spark with his one cut and hit at big playability. Um, and and the, the the reason I'm so hopeful Roshan finds it real quickly is the best way for a rookie pe- running back to get on the field is to pass protect, and he does that. Yeah, he does. But the only thing is pushing back against that is Homer's pretty damn good at it too. Yes, he is. So I, I think this is both like an, a very, very good spot for Roshan Johnson. But like, if it doesn't pay immediate dividends, I wouldn't be shocked. That being said, I would be very shocked if he doesn't, you know, turn into a very, very solid one B, two A level running back for the for the Bears, right? Um. Yeah, and and I feel like this is I had him top one hundred player, but I think this is like perfect right on where he should have gone. Yeah, this is where I where where I had him. Um, yeah, I was I was shocked. I was lower on Roshan than a lot of people were. Um, not in my heart. Uh, they got to get some wildcat snaps for him, though. That's that's my take. That's a good idea. Uh, one former quarterback, uh, one thirty three fourth round. They take Cincinnati receiver Tyler Scott, who kind of shockingly fell. Yeah, I think some people real like myself included. I thought he was a top seventy five lock. See him fall to 133 and, and be the second Cincinnati receiver taken after the, the Raiders took Trey Tucker in the third round. Um, shocking, but, yeah. man, it's a good spot for him to land and, and, and maybe quickly carve out a role. They Obviously, we mentioned they trade for DJ Moore. Um, Darnell Mooney is two years or a year removed from 1,000 yards. Uh, that that That's kind of your one-two. The Chase Claypool experiment didn't go so well, but he's still on the roster. They draft Velas Jones, who... A very down whoa, rookie whoa, year, whoa, but showed something at the end at least. Yeah, yes. big time return man too. Yeah. Um. So I I think Tyler Scott is is interesting, similar kind of stylistically to Darnell Mooney, but I think there's a little more after the catch. Yeah. Kind of gives them that element. Um. The the big play speed down the field, but also the yak element, which is fun. I I think Scott's going to end up on the field quite a bit. And again, it may not be right off the hop week one, but I think by midseason, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Tyler Scott. I think this is a good situation for him to land in to, to get a lot of playing time. Um, by the way, I know we don't mention it, and it was a long time ago, but 
this class would look way better if they had, if they had the thirty second pick instead of uh, one of those players you just named. Congrats, to the Steelers. Thank um, you. Right, like that. Oh, that was. It felt. I still can't. Be- I still can't believe they got a second round pick for him. I remember. I remember in the moment <laughs> when we were talking about it. Yeah, and and then it wasn't even the. It wasn't even the other. It wasn't the Ravens second round pick from the mm-hmm. real country. It was their own second round pick. I can't. I can't believe that. when they're on the path. So like at, at that point, they looked like they're drafting second at at the low spot too. Anyways, great spot for Scott. I think. I think just like obviously you know they got. Justin Fields uh, franchise right tackle, hopefully, in the first round. But then, like, I think just the way they added weapons here in the fourth, um, like, really, really good bang for their buck. I agree. I thought I wasn't as high on Tyler Scott as you were, but still a solid, solid top 100 pick for me. And in the fifth round, they take uh, Oregon linebacker Noah Sewell, who I, I think this is a worth, really mm-hmm. worthwhile pick for them here. They they obviously they signed Tremaine Edwards. Edmonds and TJ Edwards in free agency from the the um, Bills and Eagles respectively. Jack Sanborn really came on as an undrafted rookie last year. Like yep. their starting linebacker core is set, but taking a, a guy like Noah Sewell who is a violent downhill thumper who showed ability to pass rush, I, I think this could, this could pay off in, in in that he could be a really good special teams player for them who can maybe develop into something more. Yeah, I I'm not I'm not sure if he will, but I think like at the like he could develop into a very solid uh, you know, third linebacker, fourth linebacker, right? Yeah, at the worst. Bring him on the field sub packages as a blitzer, I don't know. Yeah. So I no, mean, solid here. I think the I, Monsters of the Midway are back. Whoa, you said it? You're saying it? <sighs> Give Noah Sewell Mike Singletary's 50. <laughs> Um, uh, but ahead. their other fifth round pick, I think, is more interesting. Agreed. Mi- yeah. Minnesota corner Terrell Smith, who obviously is, um, doesn't have the same brand name as Nosul, but <laughs> really large corner who's really athletic. They keep doubling down on on positions. It's the Bears' way. Yeah. Um, a little bit older, a bit of an injury history, but uh, that's a high upside type of swing in the fifth round that, uh, like. Man, he has some really good tape. Mm-hmm. He has, He's very athletic. He's very big and physical and had a very good East West Shrine Bowl. Like, I, I, I don't know. I like that this team is just willing to throw darts at the board at, at premier positions. Let's, let's try and figure it out. And, like, it's not like they're really reaching on any, any no. of these guys either. Not at all. So, like, I, like I, I had Smith, like, 30 picks earlier, like, a round earlier. Same. and. Um, yeah, a guy that's really solid against the run as well. So I think, like, at the very worst, you're getting a solid special teams guy. Like, like you said, big dude, long arms, ran, I think, 4 four, one or something like that, too. Um, no, that's a great swing. I, like, I think, like, all of their picks up to this point, like, maybe, like, maybe, like, te- like some of them maybe 10 picks early, but, like, pretty, pretty solid value. They didn't do, they didn't do poor by my board, that's for sure. And then the seventh round. They take Kennesaw State defensive tackle Travis Bell to have more defensive tackle depth. And Stanford uh, defensive back Kendall Williamson. Um, Bell's an interesting one where he's like short, uh, stout, but really athletic. Um, Interesting developmental player. And and Williamson's a guy who's a big special teams upside type of player. Um, Tested quite well. uh, And very uh, physical player. So... I think both those make sense. Yeah, I think the Bears, like, 
the Bears roster isn't isn't awful. Like there's quite a good a, quite a few like good young pieces. It just feels like if they you know, just getting it all together. It's gonna be interesting watching this team this year. Yeah, I, I feel like I came away like their draft didn't blow me away, mm-hmm. but every like nothing's bad. Agreed. Yeah. Like every everything felt like like I thought the Darnell Ray pick was a bit of a reach. But other than that, I, I didn't really think anything was a reach. I thought they got really, really good value in the fourth round. Really like the mm-hmm. Terrell Smith pick in the fifth round. What'd you end up giving them? It's kind of like on the cusp of a B, B plus, but I'll, I'll land on a B plus. Yeah, I landed on the B plus because I, I feel like you have to like do something where I feel very good about it to get to, into the A's. And this, I just, I just, I feel good about it. Yeah. Nothing's bad here. And you came with a handful of players who I think are going to contribute early in their careers. Plus, like we we alluded to, they pick up a first next year and a second yes. two years from now. And, so And DJ Moore. And DJ Moore, exactly. So that never and, hurts. And, and Dante Pettis is ready to become what he's always born was born to become. Exactly. Um, moving on to the Detroit Lions, a team that made a lot of headlines with their first round. Um, I think it ended up not being nearly as egregious as people maybe thought it was in the moment uh, when you look at their draft in, in totality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they started it off by trading out, uh, and it felt like they panicked. It felt like the Seahawks took Devin Witherspoon fifth, and the Lions just did not see that coming, just like the rest of us. Um, Pete Carroll always one step ahead. And so they, 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 they trade back to 12 with the Cardinals, um, and they, they take Jameer Gibbs, the Alabama running back, who none of us saw them doing. No. I mean, obviously, there has always been the whispers of them not being super fond of DeAndre Swift, and obviously now he's in Philly. I I don't know, Rob. You kind of sound like you, you came away like liking their class more, and I know I love the Bryant Branch pick so, so, so much. But I don't know. I still think still think not the wisest combo here in the first round, but Tahion Gibbs, um, where'd you have him on your board? I had him 28th, so I think I think you had him a little bit higher. I did. I had him 17. Like, yeah. So to you, it, it's not – again, the position is what makes yes, it a little bit – It's such a hard thing where it's like he is a top 20 prospect, but also I would not take him in the top 20 because he plays a position that lacks value. Um and, and part of it too is like no one saw the lines doing it, so I just wasn't mentally pre- prepared yeah. for them to do it, and it felt like they had other needs, and and, and then obviously they they they, yeah. they make the trade, they send DeAndre Swift to Philly, so you're like okay, they were out on him. They're trying to add a talented playmaker where Gibbs isn't just a true runner who's gonna split carries with David Montgomery. He's a guy who they're gonna use in the passing game. They view him as that like secondary third third area option at receiver mm-hmm. um it's interesting because you remember jameson williams is suspended for the six first the first six games yeah um but it is also just weird that they 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 take him after paying Dave montgomery after letting jamal williams walk it just seems like weird process yeah i i think gibbs will be great in detroit like i'm not doubting that i again i'm a little bit lower so to me i don't believe in taking him top 20 i i think it helps us stomach it and that like we know ben johnson's a really good offensive coordinator so we think he'll get the most out of him it's not like he's going to a team where you're like uncomfortable with their inability to get a running back involved in that type of way he's gonna be great it's gonna be you know five years from now people are gonna be like oh everyone hated the pick and now look he's you know had you know a thousand and thousand yard seasons like no one 
disagree that with that, but like, I, I feel like they, I don't know, man. Like this feels doubling down a running back and linebacker in the teens just feels like not the right way to try to get your team over the hump, you know, or maybe that works, but then you're not building a Super Bowl team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It feels very, uh, 1995. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it all, all comes together with this offense. It's, 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 it's weird. Fun. Uh, they have a great offensive line and yeah. Jameer Gibbs is a really talented pass catcher who has this great suddenness, that ability to hit that top gear in a hurry. Like he's a sub four, four guy. Um, he's very elusive in the open field, mm-hmm. has surprising contact balance for running back of his size. Like, he's a very good running back. It's going to be fun. I think, it, again, it was just made weirder by the fact that 18, they made an even more surprising pick where they go and they take Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell, another position that lacks value. They're drafting for the 70s. Um, and they had paid Alex Anzalone like they did with David Montgomery. They paid Alex Anzalone three-year, $18 million contract. Alex Anzalone's not a good linebacker. Well, he's our favorite linebacker, though. He's our favorite linebacker. He's not quite maybe worth and, that money, Rob. I show some respect. And we both had Jack Campbell as our LB1s. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I had him as, like, the 36th player on my board, maybe. So 42 I was a little, yeah. yeah, like, it, it's we had him LB1, but we weren't saying he should go in the first round. So that again, another need for them, a guy who can be the Mike linebacker, a guy who's got great, a great combination of instincts, take on skills and the fluidity to, to zone drop and really good eyes in zone. Um, I don't think he's going to be a bad football player. I just was surprised to have him. Yeah, me too. And I think it's be great. I think it's gonna be very, very solid, but Look, I also don't buy, like, you got that kind of, like, the the PR moves of, like, oh, you know, the Jets were going to take Gibbs or whoever they said it was. I don't I don't think he was going to Yeah, they said go. the Jets were taking Gibbs at 15. Yeah, I don't I don't believe that. I think Gibbs would have been there at 18. Um, maybe there's the, – The Jets said they were not taking Broderick Jones at 14. Yes, yeah, so these teams are all liars. And they said they would have taken Will McDonald if they were at 13 still. These teams are all liars. So I don't buy that. I think Gibbs would have still been there. Um I, I just feel like their plan fell apart, and then they picked two players they love. And, I mean, I love them too, you know. Like, they're damn good football players. Uh, they're going to make this team better. I just – I still can't get around, like, spending top 20 picks on watered-down positions of value, you know. I think Jack Campbell's going to be very good, though. Um, it's just the plan seems so wonky. Well, I love it because they take two devalued positions in the first round. They take two more in the second yeah. round. Yeah. So – at 34, again, this is a, definitely a need. Yeah. And all of these players play positions that they do need. Mm-hmm. That's why it makes it like even more harder to grade. Um, they take Iowa tight end Sam Laporta. They love Iowa tight ends, apparently. Um, oh, but they didn't, who, though. That's the thing. Who, who, my tight end five, you're what, tight end? Uh, six, I think. I can't remember. I had him, I had him 85th, so... I, I was higher on him than you. I mm-hmm. had him 62nd. Still um, in range, right? And I had, he goes, he's the second tight end off yeah. the board. Yeah. Goes ahead of Michael Mar- uh, Mayer. Uh, goes 30 picks before Darnell Washington. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to be really good. And I think he's a really fun player for this team. Uh, a guy who's more of that F tight end, more of that move tight end. Um, who's really good with the ball in hand. Like his yak ability is really fun. Uh, he's a smooth route runner too. He's not totally there as a blocker, but he's very willing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Brock Wright on the roster as like that true blocking tight end. Like I think he's a fun player, and like they 
Ben Johnson, again, yeah. adding a guy like Gibbs, a guy like Laporta with the, to this offense with the Monroe St. Brown and like and all these nobodies Ben Johnson was dealing with last year. Like he's going to be a fun impact player, I think. But again, tight end's also a position that takes a while to yeah. translate. Yeah. And again, like I just, Laporta being tight end too is still tough for me to stomach. Um, also, like they didn't use Hawkinson that much. They're, they're like shipping him off was wise, I think. You know, like they weren't going to pay him, move him, and then they come back and take another highway tight end. Now, thirty four is a lot better than where did they take Hawkinson? Ten, whatever it was. Um, that's a lot better. But yeah, when there's other tight ends on the board that I think were were better prospects, and some of them slipped a bit. I don't, I don't love the pick, but I do think he's going to find success. And you're right; they might, it might not be immediate. It probably won't be immediate, but. He's got that like he's gonna week one he's gonna be the you know the the, the go to tight end, um, yeah I don't know it could it could hit but still I don't think that's wise team building Rob. But like at the same time it's it, it, I feel like none of these guys are gonna be like they're all going to be starting players so it's 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 hard I I I feel like I just have a really hard time grading this draft mm-hmm. because I'm like they're all reaches they're all not super valuable positions Mm -hmm. but they're all positions of need i think they're all going to be at at least fine starters it's it's hard for me that they didn't come away with a single corner and a branch but safety yeah uh and then at 45 this is the best pick they made not even close at at 45 they take a guy who it feels like everybody had a at least top 32 on their boards yeah i feel like everyone uh, I think had most of us had him right? top 20 on our boards yeah. yeah and and that's alabama defensive back brian branch who seemingly failed because he's a nickel that ran a 458 and weighs 190 pounds but yeah he's i don't know pound for pound maybe the the a top five football player in this class yeah um and again, uh, a position that kind of lacks value. But I mean, at this point in the draft at forty-five, they're just taking the best player available, and, and they need a, a player like that. And so, like, no problems there. Awesome instincts, um, amazing take on skills, uh, great eyes in zone, but also kind of showed he has the, his the footwork and and um, physicality to h- handle slot receivers and the, and the change direction skills and. I'm excited to kind of see how the secondary comes together. They mm-hmm. sign, they sign Emmanuel Mosley and Cam Sutton both to three-year deals to play corner. They draft Brian Branch to play nickel. Um, Kirby Joseph had a really good rookie year. They signed C.J. Gardner and Johnson to play other safety spot. Like the secondaries kind of come together a little bit. Yeah, like I think like like between C.D. Deuce, Brian Branch, and Kirby Joseph, I I I love that trio. I love this pick. It's the best pick they made by far. I give if I were grading just this pick, it'd be an A plus. I think, yeah, I'm 11th on my board, so game here at 45 is uh, cash money. Um, yeah, I mean they they signed a couple corners. I still think they need to address outside, but irregardless, this is well, this is uh, a great pick. What I was gonna say is, I thought so. Cam Sutton in Pittsburgh was really valuable because he could play inside and outside. Yeah. I kind of thought they would use one of those first round picks on one of these really talented corners and, and Cam Sutton kind of take that step inside. Seemingly, they go with branches, the nickel, keep Sutton outside with Emmanuel Mosley. But, I mean, it's tough because, like, Emmanuel Mosley and Cam Sutton were both, like, developed by their former franchises yeah. over years. And, and I'm happy, like, they both cash in great. But those types of players are always risky, right? Yeah, it always feels like the next stop. Um, just the 
a lot it, of times they're never as good as they were in the first. You know, and, and also what are what are the odds both are? Yeah, slim. So it'll be interesting, but at least this the safety groups really come together, and because of this, like Will Harris and Tracy Walker, like that that's nice depth there. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also send your boy Brandon Joseph undrafted. I uh, so. Okay, so the, the, then the Lions make this draft even more chaotic. Third round. I I think it's needless to say the Lions had the most chaotic draft. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. Or the, or the most like what's happening draft. I don't know. <laughs> Sixty eighth, they take Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker, who subtitled as a first round pick, subtitled as a fourth round pick. Yours truly thought more fourth round. Um, coming out of a fake offense at Tennessee. The tools are there. I think he's also a 25-year-old rookie coming off a torn ACL Yeah, who needs like two or three years to develop because of the offense he came out of. But really like the arm, really like his his touch throw ability can move well too. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you – I guess why not? (laughs) But – Yeah, I mean – I, I mean, I'm higher on Hendonucker than you were. This is about where I had him. I had him but, actually a little bit higher, yeah. I guess my question for you is, like, do you see him as the guy to replace Jared Goff and kind of take them to the next level? Because I see him more as, if everything goes right, he is a Jared Goff type of quarterback. Yeah, that's why it's <laughs> it's not a great, I don't know, the logic isn't great there from the Lions, I think. Yeah, I... It's, in fact, the process here is just all weird. It is. I know, I, so I, I feel the same way with you, like... With as you were like, he could be a Jared Goff level quarterback, and that's at its best. Jared Goff was damn good this year, right? And like, oh yeah, I, I love Jared Goff. <laughs> like, but yeah, he's Jared Goff fan. He was so good this year, but anyways, yeah. As an older prospect, obviously coming off the injury, it's just I, I'm fine with them taking him here. Um, it's just I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever actually materialize into a starting quarterback for them. Um, Jared Goff's only four years older than him. Okay. Honestly, I thought he was going to be less than that. Jared Goff was drafted in 2016. I know. Jared Goff is a 94 guy, right? Uh, yes. Let's go. Welcome to the crew. Um, and then at 90, 96, again, uh, a need. It's certainly a need. They needed <laughs> some more interior defensive line help. Ali, Ali McNeil kind of emerging really yeah. helped them last year. It's but dog, they, 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 they still very much need somebody else there. Um it, and they they take Western Kentucky's Broderick Martin, who I thought I was a big fan of. Would you have him like two hundred? Man, Brad Holmes is the. I'm a fake fan. I had him two hundred six. Six five, three hundred thirty seven pound nose tackle who's got nimble feet. I was like, this guy's going to go in the fifth, sixth round and become a very trustworthy part of the rotation. Maybe in a couple years, he develops into. Like, kind of the leader on a, a defensive line and becomes even more than what I thought. I did not see him going top 100. I I don't think anyone I would, did. I would maybe argue that was the most shocking one, top 100 pick of the draft off the top of my head. I think it was the biggest reach, right? Um, the, the end of the, the comp picks in the area got so wonky in the, in the third round. <laughs> like, a bunch of and, and again, f- fills a need, but like, man... I did not see that one coming. And again, a player I like, mm-hmm. but massive. Yeah, reach. I don't. I don't know. Did could you not trade back? Could you? Like, I get they didn't pick again to one fifty two. They probably didn't think he'd be there. Fine. Imagine if I told you he he would go ahead of Siaki Ika. 
I didn't even think about that. And I'm not even a big Siaki Ika fan. No, I know, but he's... <laughs> that would have been a good pick. Here. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I was just scrolling through the first, second, third round. By far, the most shocking pick to me was Broderick Martin. Yeah. And they traded him. That was way more shocking than the Niners taking Shake Moody, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, we kind of felt like Moody would go top 100 and he went at 99. Yeah. Um, I would maybe argue Trey Tucker was the next shockingest pick. Yeah, but all these and like I didn't expect Law to. I didn't expect Blackman. Like this whole range got cra- oh, crazy. Anyways, they traded off for this pick too. Yeah, um, fifth round, one fifty two. They take William and Mary off its tackle, Colby Sorsdahl, who's uh, an interesting developmental tackle for them. Um, a guy who dominated at the FCS level, moved really well in space. Uh, plays with an edge to him. It's an interest. I can't. I don't. Not a need. I mean, again, I usually don't knock taking these type of players in the fifth round the at all. Fifth round, I know, but I, I just kind of look at what else was on the board and like, like Daryl Luter won a couple. I was about later. to Caillou Blue Kelly if you're yeah on a different corner. Or if you want to go pass catch or like Dontavia Wicks or I don't know. Just felt like it's, okay, that's fine. This, but when you didn't address like the more glaring needs earlier, this, and, right? This it's, pick stands out more because of the rest of the draft. Otherwise, you wouldn't care all that much, right? No, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Who because cares? he's an interesting player who yeah. who I think it, it, I understand why you would take him in the kind of fifth round-ish. Um, and then the sixth round, they go and get a receiver. Uh, North Carolina's Antoine Green, um, the forgotten man in the Tar Heels offense. Big 6'2" uh contested catch type of receiver ran sub four five like fine whatever that's cool whatever yeah whatever. early early seventh round who cares yeah so my my issue again grading this is they addressed a lot of needs at the least valuable positions they didn't address the needs at the more valuable positions yes um they got more like more fun to watch though De- definitely yeah like like if this makes sense, this is not one of my ten highest graded drafts but it's one of my ten favorite drafts <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I just, of course like, it makes sense. Like, yeah. It's so chaotic and interesting and fun, and I want to watch this Lions team and like how are they going to deploy Brian Branch? Like, what's this offense going to look like? Jameer Gibbs, but will Hooker ever become the starting quarterback? It's a lot. Of, yeah, um, Branch saved the classroom, but I still give it a C, uh, C plus. C plus. Okay, yeah. I had it a B. I'll knock it to a B minus. You don't? Like, no, don't knock it for, for you. Me. For you, it's a B minus. I'm just trying to motivate my guys. You know what I'm trying to do. This is the best class. This is the best draft in the in the whole league ever, possibly. Just trying to motivate um, the boys. Okay. On to the Green Bay Packers. Who have way too many draft picks. They do have too many draft picks, but we can zoom through the seventh and sixth rounds. No, no, I get a lot to say about Lou Nichols, and I know you do too. <laughs> well, um, okay, okay. first round, thirteenth overall. Of course, they take an Iowa pass rusher who's all traitsy and big, and the most on brand selection in the yeah, whole class. Yeah, like everyone knew they were going to take Lucas Van Ness. Like whatever. Um, no, but they they do this. Like it's very similar to the Rashawn uh, mm-hmm. Gary pick, where it's a guy who didn't like ever truly put it together at Michigan. Same with Van Ness at Iowa, but he doesn't have to immediately make an impact for them because 
Preston Smith's still there because Rashawn Gary's healthy because King, Kingsley and Barry played some quality yeah. snaps for them last year. Yeah. Like they have depth there. They can take Lucas Van Ness uh, along slowly, just get him in the rotation. Really take advantage of that, that size, that power, that explosiveness. I'm a lot lower on Van Ness. I thought this was a, a reach, but like I knew it was going to happen. So it wasn't shocking. Like I think I had him 27th. Yeah. Not a reach. I had him 14. So this is not a reach for me. And, but, Another one where I think you got to be like, yeah, that's the best situation that he could have landed yes. in. Yeah, if he's going to, if he's going to develop the, like Rashawn Gary is the perfect example of su- such a similar player profile. Like obviously not the same player, but yeah. similar profile coming out. Rashawn Gary landed in a place where they had Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, so they didn't need him to put the the team on his back the first two years. Then he yeah. really took off year three. Obviously got hurt last year, but he's having a good year before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and I think you can see a very similar path with Lucas Van Ness. I mean, if the Jets, the Jets could have easily, t- hey, if they could have taken him when they originally had thirteen, right? Uh, I feel like we would have been a lot less optimistic about Van Ness's uh, future if that was the case. Um, although I would have thought it was a better pick than what McDonald. Even I know you're low, but I think you would have as well. Um, that being said, yeah, I think Van Ness found himself in the perfect landing spot. I think this is a good pick. It's very classic Packers, and I mean, like I know a lot of people wanted them to address receiver and pass catcher, and they did that with the next three picks, right? So hard, hard, hard to kind of knock this. I think this was just the top guy on the board, one of the few, uh, one of the fifteen, I think, first round grades I had. So if you're doing that, I think that's good. That's good process. Yeah, no, it, it's a, addressing or taking a super traitsy guy to premier po- position. Yeah, like it makes sense. The team and has then, done that, and it's worked. And yeah, you always need edges. It's, it's, and it, it's it's a, so on brand for Brian Gutekunst <laughs> yes. to just take defensive players, but to then use all their day two capital on pass mm-hmm. catchers and just like really go all in ish on Jordan Love or whoever ends up being their quarterback uh, in the next couple of years. Maybe Sean Clifford. Who knows? Um, <laughs> like, I love that. I, I don't love Luke Musgrave, but this, this him going 42, like the high upside move tight end who can win down the seam, who has a great catch radius, who can really stretch the field with his speed. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting player for them to add. Me too. Me too. It feels like something they haven't had the position in a long fucking time. Well, I mean, Bobby Tunyon for a year. For a year, yeah. Drew Michael Finley for a year. Um, yeah, like I. This is about where I had Musgrave. I think this is a good pick. Obviously, that that tight end room was a was a wasteland, and now they've. I I want to frame this because obviously they come back and get Tucker Craft at seventy eight. I wonder, like, what's I want to hear your opinion. What's the what's the thinking there with Dufflin down? So I like Tucker Craft. Me too. I thought like solid uh, value for that. That's sep- yeah, seventy eight, very good value. I think Com- so. M- Musgrave has obviously got the injury history. I think yeah. you like Musgrave's the super high ceiling, low floor guy. Kraft's kind of the opposite. I don't think Kraft has a great ceiling, but I have a hard time seeing a career that isn't just very mm-hmm. solid starter level. Me too. And he can he can be that wide tight end. And I think by drafting Tucker Kraft. Because it's like a barren wasteland at tight end on this roster. Yes. I think by drafting Tucker Kraft, that helps you unlock Luke Musgrave more. That, yeah. That allows you to use him as that F tight end to move him around. The Packers like a tight end who can play in line and block, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look look at Mercedes Lewis the last couple of years. So, for Tucker Kraft yeah. to be able to come in and be that in line guy, I think that helps make the Musgrave pick 
seem even better, even though it seems weird because they're doubling down on a position that's less valuable. Yeah, where like I don't know how productive you know pass catching wise craft is going to be, and like the pat like the the run blocking isn't there yet, but he's got a good path to becoming a solid run blocker too. Yeah, right? exactly. Like he he's very willing. He he. I think he does a good job using his frame. Like you see some of the power. Um, it's more like hand placement with him. I thought he was a better blocker than a lot of these other guys. Um, he's like a Hunter Henry tight end, right? Whereas like Luke Musgrave is like that high, just like if he absolutely hits the ceiling, maybe he could become a Darren Waller. Yeah, I, that's the hope. Like he's, I think he's more Jordan Cameron, but like still Jordan Cameron in a 10 touchdown season. He is a Micah Secchi down the middle, you know? Um, but yeah, Cameron did have a 10 touchdown season. Yeah, so um, the Packers just have the Patriots tight end room. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I don't disagree with you. Like, where I think the craft pick helps Musgrave, where he's not going to be asked to do, and I don't think they were going to, but they might have asked him to do more tight endy tight end stuff because they didn't have anything there, right? It's not like they still had Lewis. Like, okay, Musgrave, go and move. We got old, old reliable here to block his ass off, right? Where now they can flex Musgrave out. They can do whatever they want with him. And it's not like they have, you know, a bunch of answers at receiver either, right? Like, they. They had a lot of questions. Watson emerged huge last year. Um, you know, Romeo Dobbs played solid, but I don't think he's enough to rely on at all. Um, obviously, they addressed it here too in a second, but yeah, I think I think I think it makes both picks better. Almost, you know, I don't disagree with you. It's interesting. It's very interesting. I hope they both work out. I love I love Kraft. I like Musgrave a lot. It's it's fun. Um, and in between that, they sandwiched. Uh, Michigan State receiver Jaden Reed at 50, and I know some people thought it was a reach. And technically, I do. it was a reach on my board. Uh, this is one of my favorite day two receiver picks. This is if uh, I, I was looking like every draft for like since 08 or something has had a non first round receiver hit at least 700 yards. Jaden Reed and Josh Downs are the guys I would put up for that this year. Um, I think Jaden Reed is such a perfect fit. Uh, it, it also says a lot that the Packers must have really valued him because they don't draft receivers who are like sub yeah. one ninety five, and he is, and they 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 took him at fifty. Um, he is to me the slot receiver that it, 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 he can make plays after the catch because he's such a rugged guy. He can separate. He's not the truly the fastest but he separates with quickness he his play speed's really quite good mm-hmm. um I, th- I think you see that in his route running like his um his change of direction skills uh he sets up his routes well like his stem works pretty good a couple drops on tape but he yeah. also wins more contested catches for a smaller receiver than you expect i think he's tough as nails i think he is such a good compliment to christian watson who's just like such a big play player who isn't necessarily a small play player where i think jd yeah. can be that chain mover i think they call yeah. with each other well yeah they do i was not as high <laughs> as as you were on reed at all i i do think like I, by the way just on the, the the drops thing he got a lot better his careers went on at, at state right um so i think that's at least helpful but yeah I'd, i think this is rich um for me but i don't disagree with the fit i, I think he is what they need, where like he's he's Randall Cobb again, baby. You just <laughs> slide him in the slot, exactly. And like you said, I, it's a uh, it's well put. Where like you know he might be the singles and doubles, where Watson's the home run hitter. I, yeah, like I I feel like also just not even talking about it in terms of the draft or anything, but like in terms of fantasy football, like if you're looking for a non first round receiver who's gonna have a high target share, like I, okay, okay, just 
it's gonna be him, man. Okay, like, we're not. We're not. It's not fancy. What's his dominator rating? Okay, nerd, stop talking about this. Um. It's kind of old. So probably not that good. Fuck. <laughs> like Romeo Dobbs had sixty-seven targets last year as a as a fourth-round receiver. You know? Yeah, I can see. I can see Reed. You know, getting seventy or more, and Dobbs going down to thirty. Um, a lot of what Dobbs did last year feels like okay. Here's Jaden Reed. He does all those things better. <laughs> like because. I don't know. I I thought Dobbs was kind of underwhelming. Um. Anyways, yeah, interesting. I still a, a big reach for me. But that being said, like I wasn't a huge fan of this receiver class as a whole. And like the receivers that went, you know, went like Rasheed Rice was a reach, you know. And I think you agree there too. Uh, Mims a bit of a reach, but I think that one's pretty interesting too. Like Tank Dell reach. Like just I wasn't high on this class. So I think like in that in that framework of the actual NFL draft as opposed to my grades, I don't hate the pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then in the fourth round, I thought Auburn defensive lineman Kobe Wooden landed in a really good spot, too. Another Packers defensive lineman, yeah. Yeah, they like those kind of tweenery mm-hmm. guys. Um, Wooden obviously kind of played some three-tech, some five-tech, some yeah. edge at Auburn. Um, I think that's a good depth player who's got some upside. He's, he's long. He uses his hands pretty well. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a guy that's going to be in the Packers rotation for a while. Yeah. And, and like, three years down the road, you know, they draft another defensive lineman or something. You're like, oh, why are they drafting him? They already have Colby. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's just going to be good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and then, then he goes off the rails. Yeah. And then the fifth round. So I said I, I said that uh, Broderick Martin was the most surprising pick of the first three rounds. Sean Clifford was the most surprising pick of the entire draft, right? Yeah. I... Had no idea he was going to get drafted. If he did, I would have been like, okay, what do you go, 240? You know, but no, this is 149. I, ooh, I I don't understand this pick. You can get, like, I'd like to look at the players who, who the last 10 years who've gone kind of like between picks 145 and 155, because I bet you've had some solid players. Like, at least guys who play special teams. What's Sean Clifford do? Well, he runs a four two nine. He could probably play special teams. He's basically Danny Etling, and they have Danny Etling on the <laughs> roster. And like the scariest part is like they don't have anyone else behind Jordan Love. It's Sean Clifford and Danny Etling. Who Danny Etling's maybe the worst college quarterback I've ever seen who got drafted. Like where he wasn't like at least Sean Clifford. Like Penn State fans who were also probably surprised he got drafted. Uh, at least they're like, yeah, he was a good starter for us. You know, like Danny Atling was like not a good starter. No, he wasn't. Well, um, like by the way, just last year, you know, Tyler Algier went one fifty one, Tariq Willen went one fifty three. Oh my god! Cole Turner was one forty nine for the record, but whatever. Um, like that's just last year, and here they are drafting a guy that they're in bad. Like it, it's a bad situation if he ever takes a snap. You know what I mean? Like it's it's bad if he ever takes a snap, and that doesn't mean that you know just because he that we don't think he's good. Um, by the way, two years ago, Evan McPherson was 149. Kenneth Gainwell was 150. Um, so, <laughs> there you go. Um, oh man, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. We I don't, don't need like spend this. any more time. No, it's let's, a bad move pick. Like, let's move whatever. on. Let's move on. Because then at 159, they take a way better football player, yep. Virginia receiver Dontavian Wicks, and I, I appreciate again they're really filling out the receiver room this draft. Mm-hmm. Wick, Wicks is a guy who he's not the biggest guy. But he plays much bigger than his six one two oh six frame. Like he's very good with his body control. He makes the harder catches look yeah. easy and the easy catches look hard. Um a better route runner than I, I think I was expecting. Has some downfield ability too. Kind of reminds me a bit of a Gabe Davis where he's almost an enigma. Like 
his 10 best plays look insane and then his 10 worst plays you're like how's this guy on a roster so and I think, I, but yeah. at one forty nine or one fifty nine, yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to go earlier, especially where some of these other receivers went. Yeah, I think he's like comparable to Romeo Dubs uh, in terms Pretty, of profile. Fairly, fairly, yeah, for sure. And again, just to lump some of these picks together because they have so many. They come back at the last pick they have with Grant Dubose, which I think is another really good pick of receiver. Yeah, I, thought, I liked that one. Me too. I think he, he he's a guy that you know, pretty good mover for a larger body. Pretty good route runner. Uh, that's another guy that and got a good chance to stick on this roster. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think maybe the best hands of the three receivers they drafted. Like, yeah, he's got very yeah. good. Like, he tracks the ball really well. He's very natural looking. Um, Seeing where other receivers went, I think he should have went higher. But yeah, good play. Yeah, he's he's kind of a guy who I thought like I don't have a big grade on him or anything. But like, man, his his flashes were impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, and he like, looked good yeah. against Deontay Banks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and speaking on the Colby Wooden pick, similar player in the sixth round, one seventy nine, Bowling Green's de- uh, defensive lineman Carl Brooks, who a guy I think we both thought would go much higher, played edge at Bowling Green. He's he's more of a true three tech. He had a good senior bowl week, heavy handed, um, brings a lot of versatility to the defensive line. I think that's a good player to kind of spell Devonte Wyatt. Yeah, good value here. I had a one nineteen. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a good good pick. I don't know why he slipped this much. No, that's a good pick. Um, let's let's try not to spend too much time on these. Okay, uh, two hundred seven. They took Auburn kicker Andres Carlson. Spell uh, like that tells you that the end is is there for Mason Crosby, yeah, yeah. who may have been on the roster because they are Rogers. Um, Carlson won Bloodlines. Yep, but his brother already failed in this division before becoming good for the Raiders. So, so you gotta stick with him this time. Uh, yeah. uh, he's six five. And he has a big leg. I mean, sure. Let's do it. Um, let's double down on these DBs. Two thirty two. They got Carrington both Valentine from Kentucky. Yeah, I like both these picks. And two forty two, Anthony Johnson uh, from Iowa State. Both um, you know seventh round picks. Um, I, I think I really, good, good picks here. I really like that Valentine pick because they they have a very like clear. These are our starting corners. Like this yeah. guy's not going to be one. Uh, but he's super long, athletic, yeah. and young, and super fun developmental pick. I think Anthony Johnson might play. He's got a chance. I know that's like two forty two, but like he's got like he's he was. I thought he was like a, at least a round better than this. Um, he's got kind of the profile to like just be a decent contributor. They, like nothing special. I don't think he'll ever develop in anything special. But like no, but the thing is, like Darnell Savage has looked better playing as a nickel. Yeah, he's really inconsistent. Anthony Johnson, on the other hand, is like a guy who puts himself the right. Like he has good yeah. instincts and good take on skills, and that's what the Packers kind of look like and yeah. look for in safeties. Like I think in, former corner too. I think yeah. he's an interesting fit. Um, and finally, uh, at two thirty five, mm-hmm. they took CMU Central Michigan running back Lou Nichols. We saved the best for last, baby. Uh, I still wish Lou went back for another year, but um, hey, he's gonna be the Packers running back one soon. So. I'm so happy he got yeah. drafted. The uh, the a- the AJ Dillon replacement. Yeah, maybe. Dylan's Dylan's no. out the out the door. Yeah, I see a Dylan. Yeah, big but I don't know. He looked so good two years ago, and yeah. he just like kind of felt like he lost a step this year, and yeah. was going down on first contact a little more frequently. But I don't know. 2021 is tape was like pretty damn good. I didn't think he'd get drafted, but it's fun. Well, he was like trending towards being a potential like. Fifth round pick, fourth round pick in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. For oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I top. thought I thought he'd be one of the like the top 
G5 running back prospects. Yeah, and then and, kind of fell off. And so then hey, ends if, up getting drafted. So. If they can get that going again, that's a really damn good RB3. So, um, What'd you give him? It's kind of torn. Torn between a B and a B plus. Well, let me, you, you tell me what you gave him. I'll decide. I, gi- I give them a B. Okay, I'll match you then. I'll match you and come down to you this time. I'll give them a B. Then they're kind of on the precipice where they made a lot of good picks here. Um, and I was higher on the Van Ness pick than you but are. They dr- the, Sean Clifford should drop them from a B plus to a B. Uh, yeah, that's where I am. And I, I'm not as bullish on Jaden Reed either. So, yeah. Weird draft. But, it's too many picks. Like, if they just forfeited that pick, I would have given them <laughs> Okay. The Minnesota Vikings, the final team. Thank goodness they have way less picks than everybody else. Yeah. Thank you, Kwesi. Appreciate uh, it. <laughs> Okay, so 23, they take USC receiver Jordan Addison, a player they were linked to. They they had let Adam Thielen go. He's in Carolina. Um, KG Osborne's been a, a pretty good number yeah. three for them. Um, there's some Jalen Naylor hype. He had some moments as a rookie, but again, he was a six-round pick. So going out and getting Jordan Addison a consistent separator because of his route-running prowess I think that pairs really well with Justin Jefferson, despite the fact that he is a guy who ran a four four nine. He weighs sub one seventy five. Yeah, I, yeah, the the testing and the size scare you off. But Jordan Addison's a damn good football player, and I mean, I've been saying it all uh, all draft season. Where I think you got to go back to the pit tape to see what he he really is. It, it was a really good point by you. I actually Thanks. swear to God, you made that point before. Then I started hearing everybody else make it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think that's what you're going to see more in, in Minnesota. And I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be a really good compliment to Justin Jefferson where like he can do a lot of the same things, which isn't a bad thing. You, you don't always have to do this basketball style wide receiver room. Having a bunch of just the same guy that's good. That's fine too. Um, I think Addison, is, this is a really good landing spot for him. I think he's just got that tailor-made wide receiver too. You know, they're never going to ask him to do too much. He can get vertical. He can do the intermediate stuff, and he can do the underneath stuff. All of that he can do well. Like you said, a really good route runner, plays faster than he ran. I think Addison will just be a very, very good wide receiver, too, for the Vikings. The only top 100 pick, too, which is so weird. But anyway, it's gone. Yes. It kind of reminds me of when the... um... When the Falcons drafted Calvin Ridley to pair with Julio Jones. Yeah. And yeah. it like, do you remember? I feel like so much has happened with Calvin Ridley since. I know. But do you remember like the Calvin Ridley discourse was like pretty annoying because he didn't test that well. He was a yes. little bit older. I yeah, remember. Addison's not a little bit older, but um, he was tested poorly and he wasn't uh, the biggest guy. And it, yeah. people were like all over the place with him. And. But he was a really good route runner. His stop-start ability yeah. was really impressive. And Addison has that, and it yeah. shows up in his route running. I think he's the best route runner in this class. I think he's got a really good release repertoire. Like He's 173, but you've seen him at Pitt, more specifically. You saw him playing on the outside and beating press coverage mm-hmm. versus like a guy similar size and Jalen Hyatt never did that. Um, yeah. He also has the benefit of being opposite Justin Jefferson, who's an all-world superstar. Like... Jordan Addison, I don't think necessarily has the profile of a first round pick. Um, yeah. But like, but, but I had him thirty two on my board. In this class, yeah. I had him twenty four. They took him yeah. twenty three. Like, it makes sense in this class, and I think he's going to be. He's a very safe player, despite being a one hundred seventy three pound four four nine receiver. Yeah. Um. Then they got funky. They didn't pick again until one hundred two. And they definitely needed a corner, and they were kind of linked to either taking a corner or a receiver at 23. 
And so they needed a corner. And then at 102, they take USC corner Makai Blackman. A player I like. But I like, as in, I thought he'd go in like the sixth round. I thought it was a guy who played a lot between USC and Colorado. He's a little older. He's kind of more technically sound yeah. than he is super twitchy. Um, I thought maybe he's a nickel. Kind of remind me of Levi Wallace where he's like, he could start if you need him to, but you'd rather him be your top backup. I I don't know about this pick, especially just kind of given the corners who went after him. Yeah, I think that makes it look uh, worse. I agree with you. I think this is a big, big reach. Uh, this is another head scratcher. I respect that like all the teams just decided to get super weird in the last 10 picks of the third round. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to be a solid – he's a solid type of player, but – um, it just doesn't have the goods to be a, I know this isn't top 100, but a third round pick. Like they also like, obviously they signed Byron Murphy in free agency. And yeah. last year they drafted Andrew Booth and Caleb Evans. Yeah. And, uh, then they draft Makai Blackman and it's like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, cause I think maybe Byron Murphy's best spot might be is your nickel. Like they don't have, like they don't have a lot of outside of Caleb Evans in that group, they don't have a lot of big corners who are big-time press guys. And and Brian Flores just took over as defensive coordinator. He likes to play a lot of man coverage. He likes those press corners. And yeah. He blitz a lot. Like, it's weird. Like, I can see, you know, Booth, you know, he didn't play and he got – like, he didn't play that much and got hurt. I could see him making a leap, but that's a big, a big ask, right? Well, right. But, like, this pick just makes me think, like – they yeah. expect Makai Blackman to be a starter at some point. When he's the second pick of your draft, I mean, yeah, you're probably early. I know it's 102, like, but still. Uh, obviously, I'm a little biased because Jay Ward's one of my favorite players. They took him in the fourth round at 134, but like I had Jay Ward much higher on my board than Blackman. Yeah, I, me too. Um, and I mean, hell, like you said, Keely Ringo went three picks later. So. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take kind of a more of an undersized corner – I would have taken Jacorian Bennett, who mm-hmm. also tested out of this world, had better tape. I don't know. I just thought that was a really strange pick. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in the fourth round, they get Jay Ward from LSU, who's a guy that predominantly played as a nickel, but he can play some safety. Yeah. Uh, he, he he moonlighted at corner in the bowl game. Um, really good t- tackler. I think really fluid hips. I, I love him. I think he has really good instincts. I think he's just a good football player that – I think so too. Kind of play where you need him to, and maybe he can p- provide some safety depth or some nickel depth. Maybe he ends up being their starting nickel. I don't know. Um, yeah, I like, I, I like this one though. Me too. I like Jay Ward. This is about where I had him. I know you're higher on him than me, but we like loved him the same, which is funny. Um, like, re- I think he plays hard. He plays fast. I just think it's gonna be a guy that you're gonna, like you said, has some position flexibility. It's going to be interesting to see where he lands. But I think the flexibility is good because I think he's going to be a guy that just sticks on your roster for a while and like kind of fills in where you need him to. And then the fifth round. The king of kings. The king of kings. The Every reporter's favorite NFL draft prospect. He has the best agent or the leakiest agent, I guess. LSU's Jaquel and Roy, who actually... I like him at 141. I like him to this team. They, yeah. they need they need like a, a one tech on this roster. Just a sturdy one tech. There you go. That's a good and, pick. And this is a good pick. And yeah. like I was like, oh man, we we we're clowning that the like the weird 
the reporter's constantly telling us about things happening with him, but then, like, he went in a reasonable spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a fourth-round grade on him, and to a team that could use his skill set, pretty heavy hands, plays really hard, holds the point pretty well, can anchor down. You were you were paid for that fourth-round grade, though. I know you had I was. Of yeah. course I was. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think we could see him a little, a little bit more than we were expecting. Yeah, no, I mean, like... The top 100 from the Garofalos and Rappaports of the world was crazy talk. But 141, I wasn't this high on him, but I still think, yeah, he's a good fit. He's just a solid one tech. It was so just so strange, and I'm glad it's over, Rob. Uh, their other fifth-round pick, BYU quarterback Jaron Hall, who, I don't know, some people thought would go in the third round. Um, and I think he went for this pretty reasonable place. Um, older they- quarterback, has some upside just because of the arm is kind of yeah. interesting impressive at times yeah. and like the ability to play out of structure off platform throws. Um, I like Jaron Hall. I think this is a good spot here. Um, uh, good backup. I don't think he's ever going to become more than that, but no, I think, I think this is a good spot and it's a team that's needed a solid backup, you know? And then seventh round two twenty two, <laughs> they take UAB running back to McBride who his flaws, he fumbles and yeah. doesn't catch the football. But if we're talking about pure runners, like, man, he runs hard as hell. He he runs angry, and he has really impressive contact balance and quickness combo. He's got a lot of Alexander Madison in this game. Yeah, he does, and there's been whispers that Dalvin Cook is yeah. not going to be on this team this year. Dwayne McBride's an interesting backup to Alexander Madison. Yeah, I think, like, you know what's funny? They drafted three straight players who were, like, getting talked about like of going really high at times and i know there's a lot of like Dwayne mcbride fans too um and i mean i wasn't i wasn't not one i had him like i had him 99th on my board i thought he's a damn good player he fell way further than he ever should have in my opinion and this is a like for, for a team to stop the slide and get him before he was undrafted or whatever this is a good spot i think he fits them very well and he's kind of maybe might be the next alexander madison i think they've, they've drafted a running back for like three street drafts now yeah four four sorry four street drafts yeah, I mean, I love Ty Chandler, too. Um, <laughs> do you love Kenne and Wongwu? I do. I love them it's all. It's a really good kick returner. Um, what'd is. you give them? Give them a B. A solid B. The Blackman pick kind of brings it down. I give them a B-. minus. I thought the the rest of the draft's fine. I, I thought overall, like, yeah, this is a fine draft. It's probably a B, but the... Yeah, the Makai Blackman pick, especially it's, when they don't have a second-round pick and they don't have yeah. their own third and they just have the comp pick, it's... Yeah. And it's a position of need, and they just, I don't know. I just, I just Keely Ringo, if you want to go off high upside, press guy, if you want to go more of that, like, skilled nickel Bennett, because he's so explosive. Yeah, I would like that. Or Clark liked... Phillips, if you just want instinct guy. Like the, I would have liked all of those better. Yeah. Like, damn. It's weird. A, yeah. Or Darius Rush, if you want just a big press corner. Yeah, I forgot Rush. Cam Mitchell, if you want a technically sound corner, like all the corn, like literally like the next five, six, seven corners, I like all of them a lot better. Anyway, well, yeah, there's a lot of like after they took Blackman, there's a lot of like, oh, lots of teams like this guy and blah 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 coming out and he's it, like, clearly there's a lot like I'm sure like you know he seems like a high football character dude and everything right and I think that's pretty much where that's coming from. Yeah, um, yeah, weird weird pick. Yeah, B minus. All right, next next time we'll uh, tackle the AFC South, 
So AJ can tell us why the Jacksonville Jaguars actually won the draft. It's because of Bigsby, baby. It's because of Trent Balky. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.